Hello and welcome to this episode of KPMG's ST Budget Insights. I'm your host Vishesh Duldoya, and in today's episode, we will explore one of the topics in our budget proposal, focusing on what Singapore can do to become a top business and investment destination, and grow into a regional hub that can help spur innovation. Joining us today are Ajay Kumar Sanganeria, partner and head of tax, and Mark Addy, partner Energy and Natural Resources. and telecommunications media and technology tax our partners today will share with us about what lies ahead for singapore in a post beps era and what singapore can do in budget 2024 to preserve its competitive advantage and appeal to global businesses thank you for joining us today ajay and mark thank you vishesh glad to be here likewise ajay and mark we know that one area that is much talked about is beps 2.0 and how the changes will affect the competitiveness of countries what measures do you think singapore should take in the upcoming budget to remain attractive for businesses and investors in the face of global tax reforms yeah sure uh, vishesh i think as you rightly pointed out beps 2.0 is much talked about and rightfully so because singapore is home to more than 7000 mncs and many of them have been enjoying tax incentives and not paying uh, tax at our corporate tax rate of 17% so when global minimum tax is implemented uh, these mncs will have to pay top up tax and in my view budget 2024 is a good opportunity uh, to look at how singapore's tax regime needs to be fine tuned the tax incentive regimes needs to be fine tuned as much as possible and more importantly uh, bring certainty uh, whether that certainty is about the timeline on implementation of beps 2.0 rules or about tax outcomes that the mncs can get Uh, in Singapore, and Mark, maybe you can add a bit more onto that. Yeah, Ajay, I think you make a great point about tax certainty. Um, in today's ever-changing international tax environment, there is this desire for certainty, and what it will be great to see in Budget 2024 is really some concrete announcements in relation to tax incentives. So, what Singapore intends to do around qualified refundable tax credits, for example, what it intends to do around grant funding. And I think this is also a great opportunity to relook at some of the long-standing Singapore tax provisions. So, for example, uh, the safe harbour rule, uh, which provides for an exemption on the sale of shares. If we compare this to other countries, it tends to be a little bit stricter. So maybe this is an opportunity to look at that uh, and relax some of those rules to make sure Singapore continues to be attractive to MNCs. Thank you both. In a post-BEPS world, it is also important for Singapore to develop other areas it can be competitive in. Singapore prides itself on being a knowledge-driven economy, and is looking to grow in that area. Ajay, can you share with us how Singapore can champion regional innovation, and how this can help to build on Singapore's leadership? Sure, Vishesh. Um, Singapore has come a long way in uh, establishing itself as an innovation hub, and I think both tax and non-tax factors have played a role in that. Uh, but if singapore has to maintain its leadership position as a innovation hub it has to be at the forefront of data innovation and emerging technologies like artificial intelligence uh, to do so i think it will be important for singapore to build uh, the talent pool uh, wider than just in singapore and i think tap on talent pool which is available regionally uh, by strengthening partnerships where the talent can be shared ideas can be shared and these sharing of ideas and capabilities will go a long way in uh, you know emerging singapore as a data innovation and technology hub 
Mark, maybe you can add a bit more from a tax perspective. Yeah, I mean, actually, you, you talked about the importance of non-tax factors. I do still think that tax factors play an important role in uh, Singapore being a successful and attractive IP hub. And I think this, with Pillar 2 on the horizon, this is an opportune time to relook at some of Singapore's IP-related tax incentives to really ensure that they continue to be relevant and appealing to, to multinationals. A couple of things I would really like to see in Budget 2024. Uh, firstly is a broadening of the list of qualifying IP for tax depreciation purposes uh, to align Singapore with other countries that have attractive IP regimes. And secondly is the equity-based remuneration scheme. So we know that a lot of tech companies attract top tech talent through offering them equity-based incentives. The current Singapore rules around deductibility are a little bit restrictive in terms of um, how to qualify for a tax deduction. Um, a liberalization of that to allow uh, the issuance of new shares to qualify for tax deduction, I think, would make Singapore a lot more attractive and align it with other key jurisdictions. Thank you both. I'd also like to quickly touch on another topic which has been closely associated with Singapore, wealth management. This is a topic that has garnered much interest recently and we know that the competition in this area can get intense. Ajay, how is Singapore performing for being a choice destination for wealth management at the moment? So in the ecosystem of wealth management, asset managers and family offices uh, play an important role and Singapore has been attractive to both. Uh, there are, however, opportunities to fine-tune Singapore's tax incentive regime to ensure Singapore remains attractive. Uh, for example, in the asset management space, existing fund vehicle tax exemption schemes are due for renewal after December 2024. It would be great to see uh, these tax incentive schemes are renewed without an increase in economic conditions tied to them, for example, the minimum $200,000 business spending. On the family office front, uh, the conditions associated with the tax incentive schemes accorded to single-family offices uh, have become more stringent over the past uh, year. While the changes in the conditions are generally applauded uh, by many in the industry and shows that Singapore is intent to attract uh, quality family offices, some of the requirements introduced uh, can pose challenges. Uh, for example, there are restrictions under these schemes against the single-family office holding controlling stakes even in private equity and venture capital investments uh, whereby uh, the family members hold executive or managerial uh, roles. Uh, this would appear counterintuitive in terms of encouraging investments in the private equity and venture capital space as investors in this space are very often involved in the strategic operations of such businesses. Ajahn Mark, as you pointed out, Singapore being able to maintain its Competitiveness will really prove beneficial for the country, um, especially in a highly competitive and volatile environment. Thank you for breaking down the recommendations for us and giving us a glimpse of the thought processes behind it. This brings us to the end of today's episode. We'll see you in the next episode soon.